On the show today, researchers say they've identified an increase in scams targeting your phone. Facebook's independent oversight board has begun accepting cases. A security expert claims he hacked the president's Twitter account. Our scam of the day claims it will help you recover money that you've lost in previous scams. And today's tip gives you eight security checks you should perform on a regular basis. All of that and more is coming up on the October 26, 2020 edition of Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. Once again, I have three stories for you on the newsbeat. We begin with a report from researchers at the security company Digital Shadows, who say that they have noticed an increase in text message scams, an attack that's known as smishing. These attacks claim to represent legitimate companies like Amazon, Netflix, Cash App, or FedEx, and they originate from spoofed U.S. numbers. They say that the most popular scam is one from the U.S. Post Office, claiming to have an urgent notification about a package that's to be delivered. Some of the links will take you directly to a login page, while others will come up with a random survey instead. Either way, the end result is to get your personal information, including login details and even credit card numbers. The report also noted that in some cases, ransomware was being distributed through these text messages. In social media news, Facebook's new Independent Oversight Board has begun accepting cases as of last Thursday. This board was created in response to criticism in the way Facebook handled problematic content. Users who have exhausted Facebook's review process can appeal decisions to the Oversight Board, and Facebook can also bring potentially problematic cases to the board directly. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced the board back in 2018, and the board announced its first 20 members back in May of this year. However, Facebook has said that the coronavirus pandemic has delayed implementation of the board until now. However, a representative for Facebook stated the company does not anticipate the board reviewing any content related to the 2020 election. And in some other election-related news, a Dutch security expert is claiming that he was able to guess the password to the president's Twitter account. He claimed that the account was not protected by two-factor authentication, which permitted him to sign in and access account settings. However, multiple sources dispute this claim, including the White House, the Trump campaign, and Twitter itself. Twitter stated it has seen no evidence to indicate the account was accessed, and it has implemented security controls to protect the accounts of high-level government officials. 
but don't get your hopes of getting to send a presidential tweet up too high. The password that was reportedly used to access the account was MAGA2020! But even if that was actually the presidential password, everyone agrees that it's now been changed. And now we move on to our scam of the day. Today's scam came from the address info at chera.com. I checked the domain name to see where it would take me, and it showed me a page that was almost entirely blank, except for links to some legal documents like a privacy policy. Most likely, it was probably a domain that was just registered for the purpose of sending these scam emails, so the attackers didn't bother setting up any kind of a web page. The subject line says in all caps, from the Office of the Chairman, Economic and Financial Crimes Commission. And the email reads, From the Office of the Chairman, Economic and Financial Crimes Commission, Chief Dr. Ibrahim Mustafa Magu, Chairman, Nigeria Investigation Bureau. Website, efcc.com. Motto, No Body is Above the Law, The Eagle. Be careful of the hoodlums slash scammers. I am Mr. Ibrahim Mustafa Magu, the chairman of the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission, EFCC, in alliance with the Economic Community of West African States, with head office here in Nigeria. The EFCC as an agency that is founded on transparency is not afraid of any probe or request for information regarding its activities by individuals groups, or organs of government, so far as such requests follow due process of law. The EFCC under Lamore did not need the prompting of anyone when it commissioned a reputable international audit firm, KPMG, to carry out comprehensive audit of exhibits and forfeited assets of the Commission from 2003 to date. We have also arrested all those who claim to be barristers, bank officials, government officials, lottery agents who withheld your funds, has money for transfer, or want you to be the next of kin of such funds which does not exist. We have been able to recover so much money from this hoodlums, corrupt government officials and scam artists, the new Minister of Finance, Federal Republic of Nigeria, Mrs. Zanib Shamusna Ahmed, under President Muhammad Buhari, and the CBN issued a statement on February 20th, 2016, to the effect that the CBN is against the fleecing of customers under any guise and with the mandate of the Apex Bank, issued a deposit refund of N6.2 billion excess charges on the cost of transaction for 2015 alone. This refund, the CBN said, arose from more than 6,000 complaints of unauthorized bank charges brought to its notice. So the United Nations Anti-Crime Commission the United States government and the CBN have ordered the money recovered from the scammers' government officials to be shared among 100 lucky people around the globe. And with the information gathered, we discovered you have been scammed of so much money, so we have made a mandate to compensate you as part of the recipient of this payment phase in order to recover the loss of your fund. You are therefore being compensated with the total sum $2.5 million. 
Since your name appeared among the lucky beneficiaries who will receive a compensation of U.S. $2.5 million, we have made arrangement to register an online banking through our global bank, where you will have full access to your online banking account to transfer your fund personally to your private bank account with no complication of things or questioning as the account will be fully registered in your name. So you are advised to contact the Processing Officer, Anti-Crime Foreign Operation Department of the EFCC, Mr. Edward Adams, who is in charge of your funds with your provided information required. Provide the information below to enable the processing of your online banking account for deposition of your total compensated fund. Your full names, your address, your telephone number, your occupation, your identity, international passport, country. Contact Mr. Edward Adams with the information required for verification to enable him start the processing of your online bank account registration. We guarantee you your safety and wish you the best of luck. We must all act as agent of stamping out corruption. The Eagle will get you. Best regard, Mr. Ibrahim Mustafa Magu, Chairman, Economic and Financial Crimes Commission, EFCC, Foreign Operations Department, Lagos, Nigeria. Now I found this one pretty interesting. This email assumes that you know about scams and you are watching out for them, so it tries to make you think that you can recover money that you were scammed out of instead. And it concludes with this call to action trying to make you believe you are doing your part to stop scams instead of being scammed again. This is actually a fairly common tactic. There are scammers out there that will conduct one scam against a target, and then they'll target the same people again using the details they've provided and reporting that their name came up as someone who had been scammed in the past. Of course, they'll offer to help recover the person's money for a fee. But obviously, they're going to take the fee for recovering the money and just disappear. If you find a scam email that you think we'd like to read on the show, you can forward it to scam at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com. And now it's time for the Cybersecurity Pop Quiz. Each episode, I'll ask you a question in the field of online security or privacy, and it's your job to figure out the right answer. Today's question is a multiple choice question. The question is, which of these is the safest and most private way to pay for your purchases? A, cash, B, credit card, C, debit card, or D, check. The answer will be revealed in next week's episode, but if you want to know it right away, you can go to cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash popquiz to find out if you're right. Plus, if you submit your guess on the website, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you'll be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card when we conclude season two in February. But your guess to this question must be submitted before the next episode is released at 8 a.m. on Thursday, October 29th. 
For official rules, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash quiz rules. Last week's question was, which of these are principles for good management of your passwords? A. Use a combination of letters, numbers, and symbols. B. Pick a really long password and use it everywhere. C. Use a combination of your child's name and your pet's name. D. Write down your password in a notebook you keep in your laptop bag. Or E. Avoid the use of patterns like 12345. The correct answers to this question are A and E. You should always use a combination of letters, numbers, and symbols in your password, and you should avoid the use of patterns like 12345. A lot of people might have also guessed B, but B is only partially correct. Yes, you should use a long password, but you should always use a unique password for each site. I know that there's no way you're going to be able to keep all of those passwords straight, so that's why I recommend you use a password manager. C is incorrect. A combination of your child's name and your pet's name, even if they produce a long password, is not secure. And D is also incorrect. Writing down your passwords is the same as using a password manager, except that anyone who gets their hands on that notebook is able to immediately read and use your passwords. If you lose the notebook or take your eyes away from your laptop bag for just a few seconds, someone could steal that notebook and compromise all of your accounts. Writing down your passwords in a notebook might only be safe if you use a computer at home and you keep the notebook in a locked drawer or cabinet when you're not referring to it. While it's still not the safest method, at least someone would have to get into your house and compromise the lock on the drawer or cabinet in order to get to the notebook. If you want to hear more about passwords and how to best protect your accounts, I did a three-part series on that subject back in episodes 6, 7, and 8. Links to all three episodes will be available in the show notes at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash episode 33. Have you ever wondered if there was a list of a few simple things you could do to keep an eye on your security? If your answer is yes, then today's your lucky day. We'll discuss eight security checks to perform on your devices or accounts when we come back from this short break. If you have a cybersecurity question you'd like to know the answer to, you don't have to wait for an episode about it. We want to hear from you, whether it's a question you have or a comment you want to leave us about the show. You can reach us by email at info at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com or you can leave a voicemail at 859-968-9399, option two. We'd love to hear your feedback or your questions, and we will definitely consider them when we discuss future topics or changes to the show. Plus, if we select a topic based on your message, we'll be sure to recognize you in that episode. Once again, that's info at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com or 
9399 option 2 Staying safe online might feel like a daunting task. With all of the threats out there, which ones do you really need to be concerned about? Searching for information online is often little help as well. For most people outside of the technology profession, the search results for cybersecurity might as well be in another language. Many cybersecurity resources are targeted at those working inside the industry instead of those who just want to know how to stay safe. That's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. But the truth is, you shouldn't be afraid of security. By taking just a few simple steps, you can give your online presence a boost of security in just a small amount of time, maybe even under an hour. Here are eight quick security checks you can perform right now. First. Check your devices for software updates. It's easy to want to put off software updates for as long as possible. And I certainly understand if you want to wait a little while in order to make sure that an update won't cause a problem for you. However, you won't be able to put updates off forever, and you shouldn't put them off for too long. Updates bring security fixes that help protect your devices. When a flaw is fixed, there's always a release announcing the details of what was found. If no attackers have exploited that issue yet, they'll certainly be trying once it's been announced. If you keep pushing off updates, you will be vulnerable. You should check for updates on all of your devices. Computers, tablets, and phones are the ones we think about the most, but you also need to check for updates to other devices, such as your routers or your game consoles. Second, go through your social media privacy settings. Every social app has privacy settings that control what information about you is collected and shared. Social media companies are constantly updating these settings and releasing new ones, but most of these settings will be turned off by default. That's why you should occasionally check in to see if there's any new options you want to turn on. Exactly where you control privacy from may vary slightly, but it's almost always somewhere in the settings. Go to the settings and look for any categories discussing privacy or security. Third, check on your account connections. You've probably seen login forms that have options like sign in with Google or sign in with Facebook. I've seen other options available from Apple, Twitter, Amazon, and more. These can be useful features for those who don't want to remember passwords. Instead of needing a unique password for each site, you can just connect another account and use that account to sign in. However, these account connections often require sharing of information. Each time you connect a new account, you'll be presented with a permissions dialog stating what information will be shared. You'll likely be giving permission for your email address and full name to be shared, and hopefully nothing else. It's well worth your time to check the list of connections. Remove connections to accounts you're no longer using, and verify that you're only sharing necessary information. 
If you're able to keep the connection but share less information, I definitely recommend you limit the data sharing. In most cases, you'll find these account connections in the privacy settings as well. Fourth, check on your account activity. Most social sites will give you a log of your activity, likely even including the places where you've logged in. Check the activity logs for anything that you don't remember doing. If you do find activity that wasn't yours, find the option to sign out of all your devices and then change your password. This will force every device using your account to reconnect using the new password. Fifth, check on app permissions on your mobile devices. Go to your device's settings and go through the list of apps. First, determine if there's any apps you don't need. Then second, check the permissions given to each app. Make any changes that you feel necessary. Also, watch out for permissions that seem suspicious. Sometimes apps may request more permissions than what they need, but it could also indicate a malicious app that's collecting your data. If you find an app that has more permissions than you think it needs, you have two options. First, you can see if the app allows you to revoke those permissions. You can revoke those in the device's settings. If the app doesn't work after you've disabled the excessive permissions, then you either have to grant it the rights to those features or uninstall the app. Sixth, check your devices for malware. Make sure your antivirus software is conducting full scans of your devices. Your antivirus should be scanning everything that comes in, and it should conduct full scans occasionally. Look at when it last conducted a full scan and start one if it's been too long. However, there are other scanners available that are intended to run alongside your existing antivirus. I recommend using one of these occasionally to perform a second check. It might catch something that your primary antivirus missed. Antivirus software is very good at catching the threats it knows about, and it's getting better at catching threats it doesn't know about. However, it will still miss things, so using a second antivirus may catch something that was missed by the first one. But one word of warning here. Don't run two separate antivirus programs that are actively scanning at the same time. They could conflict with each other and cause problems, and they could even shut each other off and leave you unprotected. When you use a second antivirus, use one that only scans when it's called on. If you'd like my recommendation for a backup antivirus, you can see it at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com recommendations. Seventh, check for two-factor authentication on all of your accounts. Longtime listeners will have heard me mention two-factor authentication many times on this show. This keeps your account safe even if someone manages to guess your password or get you to give it to them. Unfortunately, two-factor authentication isn't set up the same way on each device. However, there is a great resource available that tells you what forms of two-factor authentication are available for each site and how to set it up. That site is twofactorauth.org. A link will be available in the show notes at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com 
slash episode 33. And eighth, check for extra devices on your network. To do this, you would normally need to sign in to your router's control panel. The exact process will vary by router, so there is no way to describe the full process here. You can find instructions in your router's manual. However, there's also an easier way to do this. There's free programs available that you can use that will tell you all of the devices you currently have connected. They might even give you more information about the devices than your router would be able to tell you. If you'd like to see my recommendations for a network scanning software, you can visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com recommendations. So as we draw to a close, it's good to have software working on your behalf. That's why you should always have an antivirus and other security software running. However, you also need to perform some checks to make sure that everything is set exactly the way you want it. Some of those checks include, first, checking for updates. Second, checking your social media settings. Third, checking your account connections. Fourth, checking your account activity history. Fifth, checking your app permissions. Sixth, checking for malware, and then checking again with a different software. Seventh, checking for two-factor authentication. And eighth, checking for extra devices on your network. While there are many more checks that you could perform, this will hit on many of the most common areas where you could encounter problems. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and come back again on Thursday as we will conclude our special episodes for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Since it will also be our last episode before Halloween, it will be our spookiest episode yet, where we will discuss the topic, Five Things That Should Scare You. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com welcome. There, you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening and stay safe.